Welcome, everybody. It's with a lot of emotion that we're here for the 10th yard site of our dear Rebbe, Rav Asher Zelig, Ben Rav Yirmiyahu Akoyin, Rubenstein's Echad Sadek Vekadosh Levracha. Tonight is Chav Dalit Teves, which is one day before the yard site, which is on Shabbos. So um, it's good that we get to prepare a day ahead and then hopefully go into Shabbos and, and honor Rebbe's honor. I, I never thought that we'd reach 10 years and not have Tchiyas Amesim Mashiach by now, but unfortunately we're here. So um, I, I thought about, and I spoke with Shai, and if anybody has any complaints about the times or about the agenda or why I'm talking or why Shai is talking, it's just because we arranged a lot of it. So we you know, got to try to use feedback, but you know, make up what we thought would be most productive. So um, forgive me. So we, we tried to make it something meaningful, and we have a lot of good speakers that are going to share a lot of things about Rav Asher. I want to start um, with the Kapitel of Tehillim, Kuf uh, for three reasons. The first reason is um, obviously because of the Matzav. And I think that many of us have memories that in Torah Simcha, maybe some of us were annoyed by it, including myself. Rav Asher, as soon as the Gedolim would say, okay, it's a matzav, we would be saying Tehillim for who knows how long. And even when other yeshivas would stop, Rav Asher was still, I still could feel, you know, capital Kuf Pei Gimel. When I say that, I literally hear Rav Asher's voice, like the certain, you know, intonations that he used to scream. So that's obviously the first reason. The second reason is because it's good to say Tehillim, you know, Lezecher Nishmas a person. And the third reason is also because we have a public who's a Simcha alumni, um, whose daughter is um, going for very, very um, heavy treatment uh, starting tonight, and we want to have her in mind. And it's Bracha Brina Bas Sara uh, Nika. And if anybody wants more information or wants to know how they can help, you could get in touch with Chesky Tarlo um, or myself, and we both, you know, are, are involved. And um, this this Talmud is a was a very dear, uh, close Talmud of Rabasher, and um, is in Lakewood currently. So um, if you guys want to unmute, we could say it together. I'll, I'll lead us. Then I'll give a quick introduction. And then we'll start off with Rav Yaakov Raymond. So the capital Kuf Chafalaf. Shir Lama Alos, Esoena Elohari, Mayayin Yavu Ezri. Shir Lama Alos, Esoena Elohari, Mayayin Yavu Ezri. Ezri, 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 Mayayin Yavu Ezri. Everybody can write down. Bracha Brina Bas Sara Nicha. Um, I want to start off with one quick introduction. There's a very famous vart that I, I went to um, Rav Kalevsky's yard site, and Rav Aaron Feldman and a few of the other uh, people, you know, Rav Usher's good friends, said two great varts. I want to share it because it's very relevant to Rav Usher. The first thing is that many people might not be aware that since the war broke out, Neri Israel has been fighting on the front line. And the way they're doing this is the Rashiva has appointed people in the Yeshiva to be learning 24-7. Literally, during the Shabbos Suda, there's a there's a there's a minion of Bakram that don't that don't go to the meal. They they learn, and then when everyone's finished eating and they come back to learn, then they go eat. It's it's phenomenal what's going on. So somebody asked them before if Kalevsky's uh, yard site suda, which was in the lunchroom, should we still keep the army going in the base matters? Because if there's a shear going on in the base matters, then they don't have 10 people learning because everyone's learning. But if the, the yeshiva is on a break or something, then there's always 10 people learning at night, etc. And Ravaran Feldman said, no, 
He said, talking about Sadiqim is Talmud Torah, and everybody should come to participate. So this is a form of Talmud Torah when we think about Rav Asher, and it's a very, very powerful thing. The second thing is that there's a great vart that, that Rav Kalevsky um, used to say over, and it's very, very relevant to, to many gedolim. And it's, there's a famous passage in Yeshaya, um, Perak Nunzayin, and it says, Hatzadik Avad, the tzadik is lost, the ain ish sam alev, and nobody thinks about him. And the Alshuk says a famous vart that's very, very relevant. And he says that when is a tzadik avad, when is a tzadik lost, if ain ish sam alev, if nobody thinks about him. But if, if a tzadik seems like they left this world because they went to a bigger and better place, but there's ish sam alev, he has talmidim and he has he has children, and, and some are both, right? So then, then there's no tzaddik of it. He's not lost, says the Alshef, because his Torah lives on. And I think all of us have a beautiful thing that we all carry or usher. And um, it's something something phenomenal. And um, we have Talmudim here spanning literally, you know, 40 years. And Ravasher used to talk about how it was 40 years since he went to he went to Panovich and, and understood Rav Chatzkel. So we have people here literally that that have known Rav Asher for that long, which is amazing. Rabbi Raymond and, and Rabbi Pink, and uh, we're we're very very honored to have them. So we're going to start with Rabbi Raymond. If everyone else could just please mute yourself, and um and then we'll unmute you know as as the speakers are there. If you could, if everybody could just mute and then Rabbi Raymond, um, the floor is yours. From Lakewood, New Jersey. Okay. 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 <clears throat> Thank you very much. I give Zaysh to once again arranging this yard site, Divit Dikaran, for Arena Labenu, Vasha Zelig, Zechasarak Lavrocha. We're starting now Sefer Shmais. And Sefer Shmais is the parashias of Golas and Gula. Abhasko used to live these parashias. He would feel the Golas. He would remember all the Nisim and the Nefloyas as if it was Mamish in front of him. And he would come, he would come out of Mitzrayim. I saw Rav Shlomo Volba wrote, he said in his Hesper on Rav Chatzko, that Rav Chatzko was the last person to come out of Mitzrayim. But really, Rav Asher would say differently. Rav Asher said that Rav Chatzko took us all out of Mitzrayim and he taught us his Talmidim how to take he trained us to be each one of us to be a shliach neman of the Kodesh Baruch to take the Talmidim out of Mitzrayim. And the Russia concentrate on taking us all out of Mitzrayim. When I heard that the Russia had fallen in the snow, it was the week of Parsha Shmois, and when Kaiso went down to Mitzrayim, and I was wondering, I was, of course, concerned, but I was wondering, I said, you know, Rav Asher injured himself, and he's going to need therapy, and he's going to be out of commission for a few weeks, and who's going to take, who's going to take us out, who's going to take the Talmud around this line if we don't have Rav Asher? And then on that Mitzvah Shabbos, Parshas Vera, that we all heard the tragic news, we cried out those words, the words, the Mufuzim, the, the words that Elisha cried out when his great Rebbe, Elio Navi, was taken away from him. Ovi, Ovi, Rechav Yisrael, Parsha, Vlaro, Oid. The Medrash says, Ovi, Ovi, means other than Emo, and Rechav Yisrael means the Rabbu Shalom Do Chochma. This was Rav Asher to us. Rav Asher was a father to all of us, and he was our Rebbe who taught us Chochma. And the Pasuk says, Vlaro, Oid. So we're holding now 10 years, and we're, we're Mamashi Simon. Uh, who, who, without Rav Asher, who, who, who's going to take us out of Mitzrayim? When Yaakov Avinu was informed that the, the Gaulus was going to begin, 
in Mitzrayim, and Kaiso had to go down to Mitzrayim. Yaakov Avinu was very, very frightened. And the base of Levi's Mazder, he says, yes, Yaakov Avinu understood when he took away the, the Bechari from Esau, that along with the Bechari came the Gezeira from the wristband of Esarim, the Geriya, he knew that there was good, they were going to be in Golis. But the Beis Levi explains that Yaakov Avinu did not realize or they thought that that Gauls would be in Mitzrayim, in a land of, of, of Stufe, Zima, and Tuma. And Yaakov Avinu was extremely, extremely concerned, and he was frightened. He was frightened not only for himself, but his future generations. What, was gonna, what would be with Klai Yisrael being in Mitzrayim, such a, such a, a Malcolm Tuma? And the, but of course, Baruch gave Yaakov Avinu the eighth of how he could survive his Gauls. And the Meshachachma's Mazbra, I'm not going to go to it, it's a Meshachachma, the Meshachachma is the wrong Meshachachma. But Rav Chavko Bramsky, who says that this Meshachachma, that the Mayor Simcha said this, he, sa- he says, it was, he says, This is Mamma's Ruach HaKadish that the Orsameach said this. That the Abishter came to Yaakov Avinu, meaning Golis in, in the darkness. And he told them, and he explained to him that he could be mamshich shchina to Mitzrayim, and how to be mamshich shchina to Mitzrayim by keeping the Messiahs of us. And he fear, and he fears right. He ends the Meshachachma says, he says, "Mizay yoytzilor musa hasto shikasher Yisrael oichzim alakabala hanusa v'holchim b'darke v'lom de'avosayim." You have to keep the Messiahs of us. As Yisrael who go eat and asik yaimim, asher niglo Allah the Alkim biyos hamigdash al mukhayno. As shayra hashkina mehem gam bechutzlars. The way to stay strong even in chutzlars is if your mamshich the mesoyas haovis. You take with you what the, if you take with what you learn by your 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 rebbeim with you with you into galus. This is how a person could survive survive in galus. Yosef at tzaddik. Survived in Mitzrayim, even though he was faced with a tremendous Messiah, because he had the Messiah to Ovis. He had what was called the Yukna Show Ovis. As it says, that Yosef came into the house, and Rashi explains that Yosef, according to one Manda Amar, Yosef was convinced that what Asian Potiphar told him, that he was convinced that this is what he was supposed to do. He learned up the Sugya. And he came to the Maskana that, that, that this is what he was supposed to do. But what happened in the end, Rashi tells us, He saw the Diyukta, he saw the vision of, of, of his father. Yosef saw Yaakov and he understood that this was Usr. And Rav Osher decided to bring from Rav Yafin, we learned by Navardic when he after he got married, and he said, Rav Yafin's Masber, that a, a person could go and be Mitayar Asheret's Kufnum Taimim. But if the Rebbe says it's Tomei, it's Tomei. By Yosef, it wasn't just a Stam that he thought it was Tahar. He thought it was a Mitzvah, and not only a regular Mitzvah, he thought it was a, a tremendous Mitzvah, Mitzvah Shein Kamo. But Yaakov Avinu said it's Usher, and if Yaakov says it's Usher, it's Usher. Gerodo Shimusho, Yafilu Korah, Vishonavlo, Shimish, Tamei, Kamei, Zu, Amar, Aris. As Russia would say over, you look at your Rebbe, I see him, I know his Yiddish guy, he says it's Tomei, I, I have proof it's not. You have to throw them all out. This is the best and only guarantee. As the Zoyar says, that, if, that the, the, the Zoyar says that the, 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 the Yukta Shoviv, 
That's like Thomas begin connection with Bias about Ish Acheres. Yaakov was there and Yaakov spoke to him. What did Yaakov spoke to him? The Ber Moshe, which I heard from the Rosher, the Ber Moshe says there wasn't a Yaakov. Yaakov actually spoke to Yosef, but he was able to. He lived with Yaakov. He lived with his father. He lived with the Messiah's father, who was his rebbe. He lived, and he was able when he was in a situation to literally hear his father talking to him. Rav Asher was someone who lived with Yukta Shalaviv. The, the, the vision of his rebellion were always in front of him, the frat, Rav Chatzkel, Rav and any Godel that he came in contact with. I remember when he would say in, the, when he would say in his house, Avad, the Shmuz, and he had on the wall pictures, he had the, I remember clearly there was a stipe up there, and, and there was a Rav Chatzkel, maybe Rav Shach was there, I don't remember. But when he quoted one of those, one of those Gedolim, he looked at that picture. He looked at that picture. He saw his Rebbe in front of him. He saw his Rebbe. When he would, I have several paintings in my house of different Gedolim that he knew he would come into my house. He would look. He would see that he would look. I have a painting of the Kloisenberger. He looked at the Kloisenberger. And he, he pictured the Kloisenberger in front of him. When he would say in my house, he would ask me to bring the picture of Haskell. When he would say, when he would say Shmuz, he would look at Reb Haskell. He would see Reb Haskell in front of him. He would feel Reb Haskell. He everything Reb Asher did was what would Reb Haskell tell him to do. Matter of fact, just before I recalled, when the biography came out on Reb Haskell in English, the English biography, before he came to Chutzlars, he was traveling to Chutzlars. He got the biography. He had to read the biography. He had to make sure to read the biography about Reb Haskell before he came to Chutzlars. They have Rav Chatzka with him. And this is, this is the Eitzah for us, Rabbi Yisai. What's going to help us in this, in this Golis? As the Vosh referred to it as this, the, the, the Olam has is the Olam HaChoshech and Alma the Shikra. It's all false. It's all, it's all dark. And we can be so far. We can be so misled. We can be pulled down. The Vosh used to say over that this door, he'd say over this door is worse than, is worse than Dora Mabel. Until he once found out that Pam said anyone who says such a thing is, says our, that our doors, like, used to, I'm sorry, he used to say our doors like Dora Mabel. Until he heard of Pam once say over that anyone who says our doors like Dora Mabel is much alive in Dora Mabel. We're, we're such a gullus where we may feel we're lost. What's the eighth of everybody say? We have to, we, our, our, the eighth is that we have to live with Yuk Nishal Ovid. We have to live with Rav Usher in front of us. We have to look at Rav Usher. What would Rav Usher tell us in such a situation? Like Rabbi Yaffin said, I know him, I see him, I know his Yiddish guy. What would, we know Rabbi Yaffin's famous, famous line of the puppet master. And Saif Yomov, he called him the, master, the chess master. And we, and we know Rabbi would tell us, if we find ourselves in a situation where something happens, you're driving and someone cuts you off, instead of getting upset, we have to remember it's the master puppeteer pulling the strings. We have to, what would Rabbi tell me when, in this situation? That's how we have to live. That's how we have to live, Rabbi Sai. That's the eighth that's going to carry us. And we have to, and just to get used to Rabbi to hear Rabbi speaking to us, we have to listen to, we have to listen to Rabbi There's no Shaila. I, I listen to Rabbi Shmuz and Adi Omazad. I've heard them so much already, but I still have them in my car and I listen to them as I drive. I mean, I heard them for 17 years. And we listen, and with that, we could, with, 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 with the Yukdashal Oviv, if we take with us Rav Asher, and we see Rav Asher, and we, and everything we do, that's going to help us through. The Yaakov Lo Mesa says, Yaakov didn't die, well, Yaakov Lo Mesa says, he physically died, but Yaakov Lo Mesa, they keep him alive in front of you. 
Rashi says in the last week's parsha, when Yaakov was lifted, the steam ain't of Shal Yisrael. Yaakov wasn't there to tell them what to do, and that's why the Mitzvah were able to enslave them. But if we keep Yaakov low mace, if we keep Yaakov alive, we keep Ravasha in front of us, then the Yisrael won't have that opportunity to enslave us because we'll know what would Ravasha tell us to do in such a situation. Yes, Avi, Avi, he was our father. Rechav Yisrael, he was our Rebbe. And we have to keep that alive for ourselves and give it over to our children, to our children. Who Ravasha was. And who we will attack all Zaycha to have such a Rebbe. And it's a shame we should attack a keep a keep a keep a, keep Ravasha in front of us and through this Eilam HaKhoshech, which is Mitzvah Shem coming to an end, the Yagav Akaf Yerecha, like Yerbasha would say over, that the Yitzhahar is coming to an end, and he starts to fight dirty, we have to be extra strong, but if we do that, and we keep, we keep Ravasha in front of us, we'll be successful, Mitzvah Shem, and of course, we'll be sending Ravasha Pechlech to Shemayim, and giving Ravasha Simcha in Shemayim. Shadol, right there, Thank you. Thank you so much, Ray Raymond. You're a Talmud from uh, Itri, right? Mishkan Torah. Okay. Thank you so much. Amazing, amazing. Beautiful, beautiful Dibri Torah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we're going to move on to the program. We have a couple of speakers, so we're going to try to make sure everybody has a chance to speak. Um, there was a friend of mine that called me last week, and he said to me, you know what, he's, he's a friend from Neri Israel, and he never learned to Neri Israel, and he said, I know so many Torah Simply guys. I'm close with maybe about 10 of them, like really, really close. And he's like, what is the magic of them, they're Erlach, they're they care about learning, they care about life, they're fun. What is it? And he's like, What what was in the petal that you guys drank drank in Israel? So I said when we were in Israel, we had a Rebbe that loved us, we had Rabbeim that loved us, we had we had friendship, we had amazing things. And you know, when you were around when you were around Ravasha, when you were around the other Rabbeim, it it, it it rubbed off on you in, in an amazing way. Um it's our honor to have with us the right pink. Um if he's not still cooking. For Shabbos, on unmute. Uh, okay. Asked to start video. If not, we could come back. Rabbi Pink, are you available now? Okay, we'll come back. We have a surprise. Oh, okay, he's not available now. Um, fine. So let, let's let's skip. I know someone's on a tight schedule. We have um. Rabbi Shalom Francis, who's a Talmud from Itri, um, who this is his first time joining us um, out of our 10, 10 years. Um, Rabbi Francis, are you able to unmute and come on? Yes. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here, and we would love to have you share a few memories. First of all, thank you very much for inviting me. Um, it's really a, it's an honor. It's a schos. I feel humbled to be in the position to actually speak about Haigava uh, Rabba Rabba Usher. Um, I am part of the 40-year club. I met Ravashra about probably 1980. So just a little background. Um, I was a young bacher. I wasn't a bacher then. I was a kid in Miami Beach, Florida, in the Masift of Miami. And he came down to recruit for the Itri system. There were three yeshivas in the Itri system then. There was Beit Safafa Yerushalayim, Itri Chadera, and Neve Yeshua was called back then. And he primarily was in Beit Safafa Yerushalayim. And he met us guys in Florida, took a good look at us and said, okay, you guys are for Beit Safafa, not for you. Chadera or Neve. So we felt Neve was a bit too loose, so we, we chose Chadera. So my first meeting with him, who was a young man then. I mean, think about it, he was wearing his frock and harbor. And he came across as a very imposing person. And at the beginning of my relationship, I stayed away from him. 
he he was I felt kind of tough and kind of strong. So I'm going to Chadera anyway. First meeting went very well. He accepted me to the yeshiva, Baruch Hashem. My second meeting with him didn't go so well. We were in Beit Safafa, we were there for El Ozman, and we got there um, a few days before the Zman began. And in Yerushalayim, they started on the first day of Rishchidosh, El and Chadera, we started the second day of Rishchidosh. So first day of Rishchidosh, we had some free time. Um, so what do we do in our free time when you're from Miami Beach, Florida? You have music. Music that we didn't realize wasn't so accepted in Itchari Rishalayim. Now we play our music. When you play your music, you play it quite loud. So all of a sudden, we're sitting, having a good time playing our music in one of the dorms, and we get a knock on the door, and Ravasha walks in. Oh, he's here. Uh-oh. He says, um, are you guys going to Chadera? We said, yeah. He said, good, because we don't listen to that music in Beit Safafa. Please shut it off. So we shut it off. My second meeting said, okay. A year goes by, I was in Chadera. Chadera essentially closed the American program. And my friends and I decided, let's go to Mishnah We were interviewed. We went down to him. He said, okay, I took you into Chadera. You can come into to, um, to, um, Mishnah Torah without a fahir, Baruch Hashem. I didn't get a fahir. And we got in there. And from that point on, things started to switch. When I got to meet him, got to know him, and got to sense who he was, then our relationship again became very, very different. Um, there's a vart they say from the altar of Slabatka. I didn't see it inside, but it's a beautiful vart. It says, Amar of Simon, Eilecha kal Esev, Esev, I think there's two nischais, one is Eilei Mazel, Eilei Malach, Berakia, Shemaka Esai, Ve'armelei Gadel. There's a Malach in every blade of grass that smacks it and tells it to grow. And the altar of Slabatka said, it's a funny order. I get it, there's a Malach on top of every blade of grass. But why hit the grass before you tell it to grow? Tell it to grow first. If it doesn't grow, then give it a patch. Why give it a patch before it even starts? So the Altus of Butka said, because this is actually a, a model for Chinuch. And the model is as follows. He said, every person, every Nishanich, every person, a kid or child or any, any Bach or Talmud, needs a Malach to look up to. You have to have someone you can see who's a Malach. He said, but just seeing a Malach isn't enough. Because you could always say, that's good for him, but I can do my thing. Semela, the malach, has to give you a little maka. It doesn't mean a smack, it means a little nudge. That you don't have to stay complacent, don't stay in, in, in the zone you're in. There's a way out of this, you can go further. Then a molagadel guide him and direct him into the direction that would be most beneficial for that Talmud. And I think this 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 is a, a wonderful example of what Rav Asher did. He was a malach. I remember my first, one of my first Mayrivs, <coughs> El Zman in Mishnah Torah. He's sitting in the front, and everybody who's a Talmud remembers this. He had this big smile on his face during during Birkas Akrishma. And we're looking like, okay, what's going on here? What's with the smile? He's like, is it his face? Is it just... And after we started realizing, he's enjoying davening tremendously. He was, it was making him smile. He was marvelous. Like you get a sandwich, he had this ah geschmack, and we saw a malach that said, "This is what davening looks like." Uh, when you had a rebbe who you haven't seen in years, and if, if everyone, everyone has experienced the Rav Usher hug, when you saw Rav Usher for the first time in a while, you got a hug that was bone crunching, but you felt that hug for weeks afterwards, literally and figuratively, because of the ava that came out of it, and your bones took a while to heal. It was such a powerful hug. Um, that was the Malach. How do you treat a Talmud? How do you see a Talmud? He was with us or with me for all the years, guiding me in year to year and come to America. And um, um, I, 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 inevitably, the Aces 
from whether it was I was in Shaduchim until when my children were in Shaduchim. He was still there for us to, to guide. Uh, when I was a Rebbe, I was a Rebbe for about 20 years. So many of those years with Rabbi Raymond in JEC, in Beria, in Elizabeth. And just an interesting thing. So he used to come to recruit for Torah Simcha. And I used to bring him primarily because I want him to give my guys a schmooze. So it was most many guys of, that were my chaver were not so interested in learning. So one year there was a, a class we called them, they were the graveyard class. They were dead. And if I have time to explain to you exactly what dead means, you'd understand literally dead. But that means nothing inspired them. Not Gashmias, not Ruchmias, nothing. They were dead, quiet, nothing. So after he gave his shmuz to the yeshiva, I said, okay, Rebbe, you got to do me a favor. I got a dead class. I need Tchias HaMesim here. You got to give him a shmuz. Sure. He walks in. I wasn't in for the shmuz. He walks inside. I was in my office. Comes afterwards. He's smiling. Yeah, yeah, I think it was okay. Shmuz, da, 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 da. fine. A few minutes later, I had to walk into a class for a different reason. They're screaming and they're yelling. I'm like, whoa, they're alive. What happened? I said, guys, what's going on? You can't bring him back here. You don't know what he said. He's going all kinds of stuff. I said, I don't know what he said. You're right. I said, one thing I'm going to tell you, though. He made you guys think and he brought you back from the dead. No one could do that for months. And guys were scared of him. One guy came to me afterwards and said, I'm not going to Eretz Yisrael this year because of him. I said, what do you mean? He said, because if I go, I'm going to become like him, and I'm too scared. <laughs> so he had this kayak to, to put across his 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 agenda, his, but in a way that people heard it, and he shook him up, and that was that little maka. Um, there was, I mean, personally, there, there were there were a few things that I think that, that affected me very, very slowly, but those two two little uh, vignettes, I'll, I'll, I'll end my time. Um, one, my, one of my years there, so it was my birthday, and the minig in those days was your friends took you out to a restaurant on your birthday. So again, the restaurants in Eretz Yisrael back then were nothing like the restaurants in Eretz Yisrael today. The choices, but there was very limited choices. But so my friends took me out supper time, and we came back about 10 or 15 minutes late tonight, Seder. And this was during the Lebanon campaign, early 80s. The, the Israeli army was fighting Lebanon. And um, I walked in about 10 minutes late. I go to my seat, and he, he calls me over. And he said, where, where were you? I said, it was my birthday. My chavr took me out uh, to eat. He looked at me, and I, his, his face just, just changed. And he said, our boys are on the front lines, and you're going out to eat? It's 40 years later. I'm not the same person if the boys are on the front lines. The look and the words will burnt, seared into me to the point where you cannot be the same if the boys are on the front lines, not Chayach. The second interesting thing was... Um, for my first year in Eretz Yisrael, we were in Chadera. So Pesach ben Azmanim, we had time, we need things to do. So Chnut provided a tiyul up north, we want to see up north. And all different yeshivas went on this tiyul, and I got connected with some of my friends in different yeshivas, and we all went together. So you had across the gamut of the Israeli yeshivas, Eretz Yisrael, the American yeshivas, the most modern yeshivas, the Haredi yeshivas, everyone went together, we went on this Chnut tiyul. Anyway, it's my first year there, I wasn't into learning tremendously, but something, and we're on the bus. It was Bamatsia, it was Ibriar. I couldn't look at Bamatsia anymore. I just had enough Bamatsia for, for the whole for the whole man. And we sat on the bus, we sat, we schmoozed. One of the other yeshivas, one more modern yeshiva, which will remain nameless. And the guys are very bright guys, and they were knocking away. They were learning and they were learning and they were learning up on the bus, down on the bus. They're mamish, not unbelievable. 
And I got this bit says, you know, I, I, I'm leaning to, I want to go into learning and I can't open a safer. These guys who are going to college next year, they're knocking away learning. I said, there's something wrong here. The following Zman, the following year when I went to, to, to Mishkan Atera, I told Rav Usher this, this hergish that I had and it was very, uh, very meyudish. And Zmanim came, I couldn't learn. These guys last time were there, they were mamish knocking away. And I felt very, what do I do? He said, it's rather push it. He said, understand. He said, those guys are going to college next year. They're going to co-ed colleges. They're going to be in co-ed dorms. He said, the Yitzhara says, learn. Knock yourselves out. Because next year, I own you. You're mine. Learn as much as you want. But I got you. He said to me, you, you want to stay doing this. You want to go into something meaningful. The son's got to get you now. If he doesn't get you now, he's going to have a hard time later on. So Adarabah, this is not a, this is something you should be proud of. He's going after you, that's a good sign. And that also stayed very, 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 very powerful lesson that stayed with me. Um, I think overall, I don't know the Tarah Simcha Chavra, but certainly from the Mishnah Torah Chavra, I'm imagining Tarah Simcha Chavra is the same thing. The amount of B'nai Torah, Mechanchem, produced by those yeshivas, Rashi Kaila, Rashi Shiva, speakers, Makarvim, and even those who became Balabatim, the amount of terror and the seriousness of the terror, it's very rare to see so many people consistently coming out of one yeshiva with a, such a high percentage of people who are so serious about the learning about this and their lives in general. And I think he, he played a very, very big part in that. So again, my, my Akaras, I'll tell you, for, to have had, for having had him as a Rebbe, um, and I hope some of our words are able to give him a nachas ruach, and some of our lives actually can give him a nachas ruach to see that the investment he made in us is actually paying off quite, quite, uh, quite large dividends. And Beis Hashem, we should continue to growth and continue to pay those dividends. Nishkoich again for the opportunity to share Shisundarizi uh, Karam. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for those beautiful words. And it's what's most amazing to me is that the Rebbe that you described is the same one that we all knew. All those things are right. the same qualities. So that's amazing. Very, very beautiful. Thank you. Okay, I've got to sign off. Kultur, thank you very okay. much. Thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor to have with us um, someone that I've tried for many years to get to speak, uh, Shmuel Yitzhak Shankalevsky from Lakewood, Yerakoydesh, and uh, to share a few words about Rav Usher. If he's still on. Okay. Shanky, you're there? All right. He's on mute. Oh, yeah. now we hear you. Yes. Firstly, I'd like to thank USA for hosting this year after year. I think, you know, he's Yosef, he started off by saying the uniqueness that this outsider mentioned about the Teresimcha Chevra, the only term you didn't use to describe us as crazy, which I would have put first on the list, but we can leave that on the side. But the fact, I think it's common for Talmidim to have a zikern on the Rebbe's yard site, but to go on for this length of time, 10 years is a long time, and the way of the world is that these things generally have a way of petering out. And the fact that year after year and we're still here is testimony to the glue that Ravasha placed between us. And I think our deep friendship amongst all of us comes from the top. It wasn't something that happened by accident and it's something, whether by Ravasha's design or just naturally the way he was, the fact that we're still here is testimony to the fact. 
One other point in a brief introduction to a very brief message is there was to be a Hafnasa Sevater tonight in Yushlaim, our Russia's yard site, Lila Nishmasai, and it got postponed due to the material of the Lakewood Mashkiach Rumatisio. As someone from Lakewood, most of you, or I don't know if any anyone else from Lakewood is on this, so I guess for me it's a drop more personal due to the fact that I had this chosen of knowing him on some level. But he became Mashkiach when I was already learning in Teresamcha, and for the first many years before I eventually moved back to Lakewood, my exposure to Rumatisio was through Ravasher. And Rav Asher would constantly speak, and I'm sure you all remember, constantly speak about Rav Matisio and Shmuzin and Sharm Betfila. And when I didn't make the decision to move back to America, the one I chose to discuss it with was Rav Matisio, and Rav Asher found out that he was the one who I chose to spoke to. He was so excited. I still see his face in, in, my, in my mind's eye of that smile. Oh, you picked the best person you can. Yeah, Rav Francis said about that hug. I don't know, my back's still hurting. So apparently he wasn't doing it that hard back then because it only took a couple of days. And I don't think it's by accident that Rebansham runs this world in very mysterious ways that if there was one person in America that Rav Asher looked up to and held up in obviously all the government, but in such a special regard, it was Rav And it's on his yard site that the Levi of Rav was happening. One of the things, and this is the one the one point out of many that I'd like just to speak about, about Rav Asher, that I heard in the Espedim yesterday by the Levaya, is the way Ramatizio they spoke about many things, but one of the things they touched on was the way he lived with the Rebbe Shalom. And I think that really defines and personifies who Rav Asher was. His, I'm learning now Chavis Alvavis, I go to share every other week, and Rav Asher constantly would try to get us to learn Chavis Alvavis, and as this is the first time really in my life that I'm learning it, so I guess it took me about 20 years to actually listen to Rav Asher. But it really defines who Rav Asher was. And if you want to look at the common denominator throughout the program of Shara B'tachan, it's living with the Reban Shalom. What is B'tachan? It's I am, you can live your life through Derech or you can live your life above Derech HaTeva. Rav Asher was above Derech HaTeva. We used to take it, Almost as silly things, but it was he made it so real for us. I'll give a couple of examples. Just the way he drilled it into us is I remember I'm going to the airport and in those those days it wasn't a fifty pound weight limit for your suitcases. It was seventy pounds. I can't imagine, you know, what we used to bring that weight so much. But we were broken and I suitcases were seventy eight pounds, seventy nine pounds. Remember I'm schlepping my things in Russia was there, I'm schlepping my suitcases one being a smile to go to the tender to go to to Ben Gorian. I said Rebbe, you know, I need a bracha. <laughs> These things got to pass the scale. And he said, just remember, then the person there is is just a, a, a piece of human flesh. It's the Rebunsham. If you recognize the Rebunsham, it's going to get you through. It's going to get you through. And I watch people online having trouble with the weights, and I'm getting nervous. And I put my bags, and the scale reads 78 pounds. And I'm just thinking in my mind, you're, you're nothing. It's Reban Sham. It's going to work. It's going to work. Okay, sir, here's your boarding pass. Have a nice flight. And he just drilled this into us, and it constantly needs drilling. I was speaking to Yosef earlier in the week, and he told me a story that I don't remember hearing before, but I'd like to share it with you because it really brings out this point. Is Rav Asher had a minute. Every time he'd go to America, he would call his Rebbe Rishmol, who we all know, the Katsadik Kadosh to get a bracha. I'm going to America, Rebbe, I need a slach. And he'd call him up, get a bracha, and he'd go. 
One time he calls up Rishmol. Rishmol is not available. Calls him again. Not available again. He had his, his travel plans. He couldn't not go to America. He was going recruiting or whatever he was going for. So he leaves to the airport. He calls him on his cell phone, calls him on his cell phone. He is not getting in touch with Rishmol. What's he going to do? He gets on the plane. He's sitting there. The pilot gets on. I'm sorry, there are some delays. We're going to be delayed. A little while later, I'm sorry, we're still delayed. Rush is sitting there. His cell phone rings. Takes it out. sees his Rishmol calling it back. Hello, Rebbe. I'm going to America. I need a bracha. Rishmol gives him a bracha. He hangs up. Okay, we've been cleared for landing. The problem is cleared for takeoff. The problem has been resolved. And they go. And this is just literally the way he lived his life. And if you watched him, all those little things that I'm hearing people say, and we all know as Talmidim, the smile on his face, the Avarabba, which is all, you know, etched in our memory, that tune we can just all start humming to ourselves now, that came because he was living with the Rebbe Shalom. It didn't come, it wasn't an act, it wasn't fake. And when we watched him say an Alamechia, and he would start crying by Rachim Nod, there was few words within Alamechia, not benching, not Yemen Arayim, not Ne'ila, he just had a piece of cake, and he's just making an Alamechia, and I've watched him, you know, get teary-eyed. When you live with the Rebbein Shalom, that's the result. And this is one of the many messages he tried to instill into all of us. And it's, you know, something we're still, at least I'm personally still working on and trying to internalize that to the best of my ability. Still have a ways to go. But it's something which we can take out of his his incredible life and the impact he had on so many thousands of people within Tarasimcha, Mishkan Atari, Shiva Zitri, and Tamidim, who never learned in any of the three. And Bez Hashem, it should be a schus for his neshama on this, on this yard side, the 10th yard side, and he should be a male for all of us. Amen. Thank you so much. Truly, it's luck. Amazing and beautiful stories. Um, I, you reminded me also about Ramadazio Salman. So, first of all, Ramadazio Salman was four years older than Ravasher. They weren't, they were very, very close in age, and Ravasher held them very, very highly. I once had a Shiloh about a rub that I was dealing with, and I called Ravasher, and he told me, I asked Ramadazio Salman, and he told me he's kosher. 100%, no problem. He's a, Tor- he's a Torah Simcha style. You could rely on him. And like, that was it. And once, as you mentioned, Ravasher started giving a shear in Shara Matula or Shinshan Pikas a safer because he went to Lakewood and Ramadasio Salman was giving it. So he started giving it. And then when Ravasher finished the safer, he was so excited. I remember he was like, what are we, what are we going to learn next? Let's do it again. And then the next time he went to Lakewood, he said that he went to Ramadasio's shear and he found out then that Ramadasio finished giving this shear on Shara Matula. He was so excited that he started again. And Ravasher was so proud that like that he was machaving to that das. And how many times you know Ravasher did the same thing with with Chavos you know he was the most excited one in the room after they finished learning it. Let's do it again. So it's uh, that that enthusiasm is, is definitely there, and and it's an amazing, amazing, beautiful thing. Um, the Panajarov saw so much destruction in 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 Europe, and and when he came to Eretz Yisrael, he he rebuilt and. And the Velt says that, you know, he he created all these Rosh Yeshivas. He never wrote any Svarim, but he created all these Rosh Yeshivas. I heard recently that he actually planned on starting 18 Yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael, connected the 18 main. He said there were over 300, you know, Kehillas that were wiped out, but there were 18 main Yeshivas. There's Panovich and Mir, and et cetera. And, and they, they say that, that he was more than Yotze with, with his Talmidim. So as a Talmidim of Usher, we have a lot of variants about what we do, whether we're teaching in a boys' school or a girls' school or a yeshiva or whatever we do professionally. It's it's, it's amazing that we all have an opportunity to take what Rav Usher taught, you know, g- gave us and, and, and we could share that. It's an honor to have with us today um, one of Rav Usher's, uh, another one of Rav Usher's multifaceted uh, Talmidim, Rav Ben-Sion 
uh, Klein, Ben Klein, as we know, or Benny Katan, as we know him. Um, ben, if you want a, a screen share, I know you have some pictures for us, and hopefully anyone that's here could see that. Um, ben actually recently started Yeshiva called Yeshiva's Leave Simcha in Boca Raton. And I look forward to going on vacation there. I'm sorry. I look forward to visiting Ben's very Chashi Yeshiva very, very soon. And, um, you know, just the Leave Simcha. How do you start a yeshiva and name it with something? You know, it's plagiarism, but it's not. It's it, it's it's part of the, your. We know where your heart has been, so it's an honor to have you with us, and we love to hear you share a few words. Then we're gonna after you, we're gonna hear Shy. If everybody pink comes back, we'll hear him, and then I'll give concluding. I told everybody about an hour, so we'll see we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, beautiful, beautiful idea. So, uh, the Rosh Shiva Rabben. <laughs> thank you, Yosef. So thank you again for for hosting this and putting this holy event together. Ashrenu Mato Chalkenu, that we have a yard site, that we have this opportunity to do the Chazara that we're all doing. Um, <clears throat> Baruch Hashem, you know, I, I, I have the Zuchus of having 20 special Talmidim, and I get to share ideas and, and the truths of Rav Asher with them, and the Hashkafas of Rav Asher, and the, the Holy Masorah that we have. And uh, just today, we were watching the video that we we put together a few years ago, um, and I was listening to to what was being said, and it's it's so beautiful that we're all saying the same things, and it, and it really is testament that 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 what what the yard site is for us for for Klal Yisrael, this beautiful thing we have, is this chazara to really reinternalize all the ideas and everything that we learned, and and to never forget. And uh, and it never dissipates because it's important to us and it's our life. It's our lifeblood. And uh, some of the things that, you know, I, I heard the, the Mashkiach, Rabbi Solomon, he said something so beautiful, that, that to see how the words of Rav Asher are still permeating in the air today as if he just spoke them two minutes ago. And they're just as relevant in our everyday life. I think of the things and the, and the ideas of Rav Asher, like it's all about Eilam Hazah. It's not about Eilam Haba. I'm an Eilam Hazah Jew. And his Simcha Sachayim and how everyone's talking about how he smiles during davening and how it was a privilege to him and how he, how he instilled that love for tefillah in all of us. All these things that we're saying, it's like Rav Asher said it yesterday. And it's it's a beautiful zechus to be able to share these beautiful hashkafas and our beautiful misorah with these boys, these very very distant boys, and uh, and to be able to expose them to this holy, undistorted truth that he was makabel from his rabbeim. And I'm always proud to to tell people, yeah, I'm, I'm in a very heavily Chafetz Chaim neighborhood. Boca Raton and South Florida in general is uh, is pretty heavy in Chafetz Chaim and Chabad. That's pretty much it. And uh, and everyone wanted to know, like, what's your Masara? Are you Chafetz Chaim? And I, I never had any, you know, any uh, affiliation with any Chafetz Chaim institution. And I'm always very proud to say I'm a Talmud of Rav Asher Rubinstein Zatzal of Tara Simcha. And he was a Talmud of the Panovich Rav and Rav Chatzka Levenstein. And it's like a mic drop for me. And I'm so proud that that's my Misora. And, um, you know, Shmuel Yitzchak, you were saying that you just started learning Chavaz Chavavaz. It also took me 20 years to start learning an Efeshachayim Shardalad. And and I remember how Rav Hashir used to say, like, 
if you didn't learn Nefesh Chaim Sharad you're missing out on life. <laughs> like, like you, you just you didn't learn anything. And and he would just drill how important it away, drill it into us how important it is. And and I recently have been plugging in at the same time as my son, who's in in Yeshiva in Yisrael, America Zatara, and we're learning it at, at the same time. And um and it really, really also is 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 who Rav Asher was and how much he loved Limerat Torah, how much he loved the sugya, how he would sit in the back of the base medrash when everyone was working hard in their chavrusa shafts. Rav Asher was there working hard in his own limud himself to prepare for shir, and uh, and I'll never forget it. Um, recently, I had the opportunity um, to be in Eretz Yisrael, and I. Uh, I met with Rav Madcha and he shared with me the the sefer the, the that he's putting together the for Rav Asher and and I had mentioned that he asked me if, if I have any pictures and I'd mentioned that um years ago I found pictures of Rav Asher when he visited me in Edmonton and it was one of the things that changed my life because it really like solidified my my kesher to to Rav Asher and to our Simcha to be a, a never a never ending and never breaking bond. And that was when he came all the way out to Edmonton, Alberta, to see the work that I was doing at the time I was doing frontline Kirov um, in, in public schools and in modern, very, very secular Jewish schools. And he wanted to come and see, and he flew all the way out to Edmonton and he spent a few days with me. And I remember taking a f- some pictures of him in the school and uh, and I told her of Madchen, and he says, "Oh, I want those pictures. Please get the pictures. I want to put them in the safer." And I looked everywhere, and I finally, months later, months later, I found them and I sent them to him. And uh, I don't think anybody has ever seen these pictures, but they're a true testament to how he valued every single one of his talmidim and um, and his kesher with them. And it really left a, a lifelong imprint on my heart and my soul. And uh, it's 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 the driving force behind what I'm doing today. And uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, I get to listen to Rav Asher Shmuzin in the van. Tomorrow we're going on a trip to Sky Zone with my Talmidim, and we're going to be in a 15-seater van rocking out Rav Asher on Parsha Shemos. And I'm, it's such a privilege that I get to expose the boys. So I just want to quickly just share my screen with everybody and um, and share the these these rare photos um uh, with uh with everyone i hope you could see uh, hang on one second okay there we go oh i might have to uh okay i might not be able to share it um yosef because i have to uh i had to undo some some settings so I would have to quit Zoom and reopen Zoom. But what I'll do is I'll share the photos on the chat. I think I'm able to just share the photos on the chat. And this way, everybody uh, everybody will be able to get to see them. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I just, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm so privileged to be a part of this holy group of people. And we should continue to, to give each other chizuk knowing that we we think about these thoughts every day and we we have ravasher in our heart and our soul every single day and uh Mirta Hashem, um you know we should continue to give him nachas and uh and you know yihizikhra baruch we forget we will never I mean, forget if you want to um post that i'll try to download them and share them after we're done amazing uh, so everybody can see them 
All right, amazing. Thank you so much, Ben, and, and beautiful words. And, and again, you know, just carrying the carrying the mission of our Russia in, in, in so many different ways. Um, another Talmud who also does that job of carrying the love of Talmudim and, and the love of, of Torah is Shai, who takes care of literally the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of his Talmudim as, as a Rebbe and as a therapist um, and, 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 and as an Abba uh, to, to, his, to his students um, in, in so many different levels. Shai is uh, really has upgraded the entire city of Baltimore um, by his very influential between him and his wife, they're either like spies because his wife is in Beis Yaakov and, you know, knows everything in that school as a guidance counselor and therapist and Shai is in Tor Institute, which is like the largest school. So between the two of them, they're, they've either infiltrated the, the city or, or the way I put it is they've upgraded the entire city, uh, literally taking care of the physical, emotional and spiritual needs of, of his students, which is like the, the exact legacy that Rabasher left. And it's an honor. And, and really, Shai is the silent partner. Um who has really been the driving force also behind this. In fact, the speech that I wrote, which actually, Shanky stole, so thank you. Love you very much. Um, so uh, I actually wrote some of it together with Chai when we had lunch, which, which we should definitely do again. Um, Torah Simply guys love getting together, especially when someone else is paying for them. Um, <laughs> definitely. Um, you know, we, 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 we're, we're a very, very close family, and it's, it's, it's very, very important. And so um, I'm going to share something that I shared with Shai. And, and, um, but first, um, it, it's really an honor to, to have Shai here with us and to finally speak um and share and, and not just be behind the scenes but there's a tremendous amount to share about our Rebbe so we would love to hear from you okay thank you uh, that was very very kind Yosef okay it's great to see everyone and to have this chizik um from all of us together um and uh we have to thank Yosef for really you know for really being the driving force you know months ago reaching out and you know always having our Rebbe on his mind and in his heart and um permeating you know every part of uh of uh, what yosef does um the truth is is that anything that i do um for you know the community um you know between me and my wife ravasha actually said to me because i said it's so hard for me to learn you know by myself so ravasha said to me he said when you become a mashkiach one day i'm not a mashkiach but you know i definitely am involved with plenty of kids and trying to help them and, um, you know, make their life, you know, happy and make them productive um, and make them feel good about themselves. Um, Rav Asher, you know, instilled in this belief in myself and those little things just never, ever leave you. Um, January 10th, January 21st, 2010, it was Parsha's by Rav Asher gets up for his Thursday night schmooze. I have my notes of three years of uh, of uh, drushes. And when there was a quotable quote, I put it on top of the page. And, and the quote goes like this. If we want our children to be from, we must show them that Torah is, is a chag. Rav Asher, that was a direct quote. He explained that based on a mechilta, that the difference between the chacham and the rasha by the Arba Banim in the Haggadah is their approach to Yiddishkeit. The Russia feels that it's all a drag and does not, and Torah doesn't inspire him. Um, it is all what we have to do. It's just what we have to do. It's not because that we want to do it. It's just a drag, right? That's the conveyor belt schmooze. But here's the added, added part, right? That we have to, for ourselves and for our children, recognize and feel that Yiddishkeit is a Chag. That's like the Chacham. 
the Chacham appreciates his Avaida. He says, he said that, that everything that we do is something that we have to appreciate and we have to enjoy and something that has to permeate our heart and to, and to, and to give us real true simcha. Rav Asher turned to us and he said that we have to look at each Seder as a yamtif every day. And I quote, we are here to live it up. That's what he said. Shacharis is a yantif. First Seder is a yantif. Mincha is a yantif. Second Seder is a yantif. Mayrev and Night Seder are all yamim taivim. Um, I think that this hit us in so many ways. It's, it's no matter the amount of time that we have to learn, whether we're, we all have busy, busy schedules, and maybe some of us have more time to learn, some have less time to learn. But when we dive in, and we say so many brachas every single day, if we think about and we have this simcha and we recognize the, the strength that our Yiddishkeit means to us and means to our mishpachas, that's the greatest message that we're able to impart upon them. And that impacts our entire family. So if we think back to Rav Asher's simcha at Musr Seder, that is enough to know that that's how Rebbe lived his life with his frak and his up hat sitting there shuffling away. Another prat that I'd like to discuss is Rav Asher's ability to get through to people and to always make an immediate impact. My sister, who's not, you know, who's uh, who has direct correlation to Tarasimcha through me, but before I went to Tarasimcha, she said, you know, when I was in Shaduchim, Tarasimcha is known as the good Midos Yeshiva. That's how she would know it. She said that she went to a a um a uh kinis um for um to be machazik snias and there are many different speakers there lots of women were there and uh, many many different speakers and when ravasha i'm not sure if it was just for women um but she was there and she said that when ravasha spoke um he said she said that it was very different and she told this to me many years ago and i verified it with her um earlier this week um, she said that there are many different speakers, but Ravasher's speech was right on point, practical, and shook everybody up. And she said that he got down to um, to uh, such details. He said that it wouldn't be sneistic, and this was his main point, to call any um, any person of the opposite gender by their first name. You have to call them Mr. or Rabbi or Dr. so-and-so. And he was so strong, my sister said that all the women that she was near were crying. Their mom is crying because Rebbe's words were so strong and hit home in such a significant way. But I think that there's another aspect of this. Before I went to, to, to Arasimcha, um, I, was, I remember I was in camp and I was a counselor. I guess was been working with kids for uh, so long. Um, you know, since I was mamish 14, you know, but I was, uh, so this was when I was 18. And my division had said to me, he said, I went to Drusha from Ravasher like seven, eight years ago. And I remember exactly what he said. And this is what he said. And he told me. But I think the reason, maybe perhaps a reason that, that, um, that, um, that Ravasher had this ability is because everything was clearly spoken, precise, and from his heart to everyone else's heart. And 
I don't know if you all remember that, but you know, we had friends that, not me, but others who would mamish cry after every schmooze. We also had those that when Ravasher gave his college schmoozin and other schmoozin that they would come up. I remember this. Guys would come in and like bang their heads against the wall, you know, but that's because he made such a profound impact on us and cared about us so much. You could look at that and you could say, oh, you know, that's maybe that's a little bit too much. But I think I think that's missing the whole point. I think that he brought us to a certain Ramah. He brought us up to a certain level and that really instilled so much in us just you know um just to end off i heard from from rabbi um, yosef berger um the rav of uh, of uh, Koltora here in uh, in uh, baltimore that um that um he said that when Klai Yisrael left mitzrayim they left bechipazain and bechipazain um means that they left right away, right? And that's a message of what matzah is. Matzah is all bechipazain, right? And that's the mitzvah of, of uh, matzah. The mitzvah of, uh, of uh, matzah is, is that sometimes when someone is inspired, they have to make a very hasty and quick um, um, kabbalah, something like that. So I think that if we take any inspiration every time that we come together, I think that that will help be Megadel us. And if we could think about just, you know, through our brachas or something else that meant something to you tonight, that that could be a schus for our Rebbe. And that should be a schus for his neshama and everyone coming together and and thinking about Rav Asher. Shataka be a schus for us and and really should be a schus for, for all of Klal Yisrael. Amen. Thank you so much, Shai. Could you guys hear me and, and see these pictures? Yep. Yes. So this is what Ben sent. You know, you could see the contrast between the two worlds, but <laughs> how they connect. Sorry. You made sure to shake every boy's hand and get a picture with them. And uh, afterwards, it doesn't show it, but he made sure to give them each a big hug, too. It was really uh, special. Thank you for sharing them, Yossi. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us. You know, it's it's amazing to capture that. Okay, so I told everybody we're going to be an hour. So if anybody wants to leave, that's fine. I do have a lot of thoughts I want to share, and I, I think it'll be a toalas. So bear with me, but I think you're going to enjoy. Um, because, you know, a yard site is not just a time to... Um, uh, you know, to cry about our loss, but it's also a time to, to reflect on 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 the, on the beautiful things that Ravasher gave us. Of course, we miss him immensely, but um, and then there, there's a place in our heart that's that's missing, so to speak. But with the simcha and the things that he that he taught us, um, you know, he's with us, and it's not tzaddik avad because there's many many talmidim and 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 all of us that are ish samalev that we're all thinking about him. So I want to share a couple of thoughts that I've been thinking about. You know, I, I kind of like write the speech over the year, just when I have an interesting aura. So. Um, it, it's from a lot of different places, but here it is. Um, okay, so Chazal tells Gedolot Sadiqim Misasim Yosef B'chayim, and and we know that you know the influence that Rav Asher had, you know, while he was speaking was was very profound as well. But if you look at the last ten years, how he's influenced our lives in a practical way. When you're in yeshiva and you're 18 and you're learning, it's very different than when you're five years out, ten years out, twenty years out, forty years out, and and real life happens. And 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 you know the mitachon that Rav Asher taught us. Was real. It was real in him, and it was real. It was real in 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 how it helped us. 
in that story that Shmuel gets like quoted about about or Shmuel, um, you know, catching making sure to get permission before he left. There's a there's a beginning of the story, and it's in this book about or Shmuel. I, I got a tremendous amount from this book because I literally reminded me of Rav Usher. For example, Rav Shmuel's Sharfkite was very similar to Rav Usher as well. Rav Usher probably learned some from him, and his, his sense of humor was also there. There was a bunch of Bukharim that were crowding in to try to get a bracha, and one guy literally pushed another, and he thought, you know, Rav Shmuel's a gadol he's thinking and learning, he didn't notice. Rav Shmuel saw, and Rav Shmuel, the guy thrust his hand into Rav Shmuel's arm and tried to get a bracha, a little bit audacious, and Rav Shmuel whispered to him, I give you a bracha, you should be a mensch. So it was a bracha. So then the guy was a little bit embarrassed. Or Shmuel said, "No, why don't you say v'chein lamar?" Right, so he gave a sharp musr, but he also, you know, toned it down. The way Rav Usher and Shmuel developed their relationship on page four seventy five. Rav Usher was a Rashiva in 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 um, uh, what's it called in, in Itri in the seventies, and the yeshiva was located in Talpiot. So getting there meant you had to take two buses, and you had to pass through Rechov Yafo area. And Rav Usher was Yar Bal Yavar. I'm not going there. So he made a decision. He told his wife, and she agreed that I'm going to take an Arab bus, which back then was safe, through Base Lechem, and then we'll go there. But at least I'm not going to pass through Tuma. That was a rusher. He got on the bus, and he noticed, oh, he wasn't the only one that had this cheshbon. Shmuel Arbach was there, and every morning they would learn together on this Arab bus because they were the two people that that, that had Shmir Zainayim, and they didn't want to go into a place that wasn't Kaddish. And that's that was that was a rusher in, in in so many ways. Um, there's a very very famous. Um, Gemara that we had in Bavakama Dafiomi recently. As Hashem Tira, Pasik says you should fear Hashem, the Rabbis Tamil Chachamim. And I'm not going to tell you the famous part that you all know, because you all know it. But I want to tell you four Pshatim that I looked into this year that Mamish, I think, summarize or Rusher. So we know that Shimon Hamsuni used to darshan this, this Gemara. And then all of a sudden he gets to Es Hashem What? How could you include something else to fear? There's nothing else. You could only fear God. So he says, forget it. I'm not going to, I'm not, I can't, I can't say it anymore. There's nothing, I can't teach this, this memory anymore. It's not true. I'm wrong. So it's Talmudim say, Rebbe, you look at your whole life. You've been darshaning S to be marba something, to include something. So he says, I don't care if it's not MS. We all know the Vart. And he says, no, there's an element of fearing Hashem that you fear a Talmud Chacham also. And the lesson is Pashat in the Pashat level that, the fear that we have of, the, of of a Rebbe is a fear that also translates you know, in, into a fear of Hashem. And, and, and it, it, it's a it's a muscle that, just like Rav Usher described his fear, but he had a Rav Chatzkel who would look into your soul. Rav Usher also commanded that fear. And it, it's a beautiful thing. And it's it's not, if it's not your personality, it's not your thing. That's, that's okay. But Rav Usher had that. And we all feared him as much as we loved him. You know, we, we were a little bit afraid of him too. It, it was a good thing. It was a good fear. So everyone knows What's the shot that that you know Rakiba was the one that had to be Mahadishis? Everybody knows the Pushup shot that he saw when he saw the integrity of Shimon Sunni, that he was willing to give up all of his life drushes. That Emmas was 100 percent Emmas. So that, that he said, Oh, that, that's the Talmud Chacham. That's S the Rabbis Talmud Chacham, that Shimon Sunni. Great Vart. And that definitely applies to Ravasher. I'll tell you three more Pshatim that you might not have ever heard. The Kutzker Rabbis says a beautiful shot. He says, you know what? It means, it means that a lot of Tamil Chachamim, they go around and they preach so much that they forget that they have to work on themselves too. You should fear Hashem. You also. You guys can just mute yourselves if you're not. Thank you. Um, means that the Tamil Chacham is also responsible to grow. And Rav Usher used to go to sit by Rav Tzvi Meyer, his Talmud from Itri, because he said, there's no one that has Yerushimayim like this man. And he would go. And he would go and he would say that he went to Mir to go hear 
Rosh Ariely speak, and he would come back crying, and he would say, "This man is a Talmud Chacham. He knows how to learn. I don't know how to learn. Look at this. Look how this man knows how to learn. Wow, I want to be like him." And he would go here. Um, he would he would go to Rabbi Yashiv Shiurim. He tried to buy Rabbi Yashiv a new hat. Even he, he used to go there. He would go here. Uh, Rabbi Shapiro. Everybody knows the story where his cell phone rang in the middle, or not his cell phone, someone else's cell phone. Rabbi Yashiv took the blame. We've spoken about this many many times, but. That's Don't think you're above the law. Rav Usher was that Talmud Chacham that was always trying to more and more. I used to say for Parshas Amalek that you're lazy. Where's your Yerushalayim? There's no lazy bone in Rav Usher's body, literally. Romero Shapiro says a Gavaldic Vart. He says, you know what happens if you're a Rebbe and Esashem Lekechatira? You know what happens if you're a Rebbe and you have Yerushalayim in your own heart? Your students become If you have a, a heart that opens up and you appreciate Torah, then your influences you and you, you are that way. That's a rusher. If you understand that Omek, there's, there's, these are three different pshatim that, that are all tremendously evolving pshatim. There's another pshat, last one that I want to say from the Mara Veshemesh. He says like this. He says that Shimon Amtsuni, he knew the answer. The answer was but Shimon Amtsuni was poor. He had no money. And he had no covet. And if he would have said, you know what it means? You have to fear God. And S means you also have to fear the Talmud Chachamim. People would have said he's a hypocrite. He's just saying that because he wants the covet. Came along to Akiva, who was rich. And he had covet. He had everything. Gemara says in the Dharma that he was rich from six different sources. So he had all the covet. He had nothing to hide. He just said the MS because it didn't matter. And no one thought he was biased. They just saw Nikarim Tivari MS. So when Mela Akiva came, and he's the one that said, but really, Shimon Amsudi knew it. He just knew that I'm going to be a hypocrite or I'm going to be. I'm, I'm not going to be trusted, so therefore I can't say it. What does it come out? It comes out that Rav Usher instilled in us, he had integrity, and he was willing to back off if something was wrong, but he would stand behind if something was right. The Kutzker's Vart, that he himself took responsibility to grow. And Rosh Shapiro, sorry, uh, Mayor Shapiro, the, the founder of Dafyomi, who said, means that if you fear Hashem in your heart, the then your Talmudim will be Talmudim. That, 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 that will increase them. And finally, when you say Torah, you have to not be a hypocrite. Is that not Ravasher? It's funny, the only kasha you could ask on that whole vart is that Ravasher talked about Simcha, but you're right. But Yura is part of, it's, it's, it's the way, it's the way to Simcha. Okay, so, his connection with Rishmuel was amazing. When 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 Rav passed away, Rav Asher said, "I need a Rebbe," and and he got himself a Rebbe, and he wouldn't budge without him. Um, there's an amazing story that that Rishmuel um, Arbach Zatzal used to tell over very often. There was a Kamiya, a a, a Judaic seller who got hold of a of a very very rare Kamiya that was written by the Taz. The Taz died in 1665 around, and this Kamiya was written by the Taz, and he got hold of it. And in Yerushalayim, probably in the early years of Yerushalayim. And I don't know, I didn't know this, but the rule of a Kamiya is that it only works if you don't open it. But once you open it, it loses its koach. Okay? So this person, he was extremely curious. He said the Taz had this Kamiya. So, and, and people even used it for a fuos. And allegedly, the, uh, the Taz's neighbor, there was a woman that lived there, and she had a very sick daughter. And she came crying to the Taz, please help my daughter. And the Taz wrote this Kamiya for, for this woman, for her daughter. And, and, and this daughter had a Rikas Yaman. And so, but this guy, he was so curious, he wanted to see what does it say in it. And this is a very Litvish story, but it's a very Givaldic story. And this man, he actually opened it. And I guess he thought maybe if it had like some Kabbalistic enchant, maybe he could rewrite it. There, there are Sfarim about how to write a Kamiyas. And what did he find in there? He found in there, says, says Rishmuel, the biggest secret of all of life that Rav David Alevi Segel wrote. What did he write? 
he wrote, please, Rabboni Shalom, answer my tefillos, Rav David Levi, whatever, whatever his name was, Ben Yisrael, whatever it was, and send a refuah to this girl in the Zuchus of my Amelis Batora, Fertosis, Besechus Chulin, Dav Tzadivav. That was the Koch of the of Kmiah. That's it. The Koch, the Koch of Torah that he put into it. If you look it up, there's a lot of toasted on Dav Tzadivav. I don't know. I'm not a Bucky and Taz. I don't know what he was referring to exactly, but there's a lot of toasted on that page. That's the power. And and Rishmuel Arbach was a tremendous goan, but he also knew his history. He said that Ravruvim Margolius had told him that he saw a um in the Pincus of Krakow from a time of the Taz. He saw he knew about that Kmiah that it was true. Um, he didn't know what it said in it, but he said that girl lived to age 100. <laughs> the Kalacha the, the Torah that the Taz put in for his Amelis of Besechus School and Daftarivav, that Kalach carried. And that's that Rav Usher, everything he did was a Kalacha Torah. It was a Kalacha Torah that carried us and, and, and the Kalacha Torah that inspired us. And it's 10 years, and that's why we still miss him because he was so sincere. He was so real. I don't know if Yitzi's still here, but Yitzi and I used to learn. Hopefully, we're going to start that up soon also. But um, we used to learn. And one night, Yitzi and I had a kasha, and, and, and Yitzi went to go ask the Rosh Shiva, and he came back, and he was so happy, and he said, you know why I love Rav Because he's like a zadie. And I still remember that. I was like, that's such a great description. He literally is like a zadie. And I remember walking him home that day, and he walked very slow, actually. But I don't know, maybe he just knew I had a lot of problems and things that he needed to talk to me about. So he, his, his house wasn't that far. But, you know, you just, you had such a great feeling, and the Rebbitson was so warm and so kind, and you just, you you felt the love when you are in their house. And you you still feel it, by the way, if you still visit. And you should visit the Rebbitson. You should visit the family. And she'll always invite one of her sons over. She's a very, Isha Tsnua and Kishera. And, you know, they all... Number one, because you know, so it shouldn't be a youth problem. Number two, because because Ravasha's children love you too, and they also want to see you. And that's 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 what's amazing about it. But I remember Yitzi said it well. He said he's Mamish Zadie. I don't know if you remember it, but I remember it. I don't know what no, we learned. No. You don't, don't remember, remember. no reflection. <laughs> so Madrigas Adam says a Gavaldi thing. He says that learning MS is like learning how to swim. Many people they they think they can learn how to swim by just dipping their finger in and just dipping their foot in. That's the way to learn how to drown. If you don't immerse yourself in the pool and commit, you're not going to learn. As I said, so that's what MS is. You have to jump in. Rav Usher was a Farakaway boy whose family was not that religious, who was supposed to go to college, who I spoke to his uh, doctor, uh, Abba Spiro, was in his class. And he, he testified that Rav Usher was a valedictorian for English studies in Tells. But Rav Rav Gifter told him that I heard that you're going to college. And Rav Usher said, yes, I am. And he said, well, then you can't, this yeshiva won't, won't celebrate the fact that you're the valedictorian. And Rav Usher said, okay, I don't care. He held at that point, at that moment, that that's where he was at. But who knows, Rav Gifter's musser, obviously it percolated. And when Rav Usher heard Rav, uh, heard Rav uh, uh, the part of Jerov speak, he decided, I'm going to that yeshiva at age 16. And he went to Eretz Israel and he became a Talmud. And, you know, and what did he teach us about? About college and secular studies and 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 the outside world to be careful. So th that that's what Majerius Adam says that MS is like learning how to swim. You have to jump in, otherwise you're going to drown. And, and that's that, that's a rusher. Hazal tell us ain't other Omen Das Rabo until forty years. So many of us knew Ravasher. I don't know. I met him twenty four years ago, but I also heard him speak. You know, 25, 26, 27 years ago. So uh, I'm still catching up. But decades later, I. I look at his picture every day. I think about him every day, and I I hop some of the depth of what he said. Ravasher taught us to utilize every opportunity in life to not be an assembly line Jew, to not be mediocre. That was the curse word. That was the advice on the wedding day. He would come over to you, and he would go to the bathroom. I would always follow him around. That's the advice he would say: Mazel build a bias now, and don't be mediocre. It's like Rebbe, leave, leave the chazan alone. 
No, it doesn't matter. That's the time to decide. We're not going to be mediocre. And if you think about Ravasher, we have our our children are named after him. Our children are molded after him, and they, and they they carry his lesson and the impact that he has on our on our life. The thing that I thought of when I was with Shai is an amazing aura that a lot of Rashi Shivas they talk. You know, they, they're described as people that that weren't Olam Hazaniks. Fine, Ravasher wasn't a glutton. Ravasher taught us to understand Olam Hazan. Fine, Albert. The difference between you and I. The difference between us and Rav Usher is something that we could work on. What's that? Rav Usher ate his meals. He enjoyed. He said, thank you. He appreciated a good meal. He said, thank you to his wife. But he enjoyed his benching more. That's something that, that we, we don't have. He, Mamish, enjoyed his benching. And I remember Shai and I, we were eating in Goldberg's then, and I told him this, and he was very nispal by it because it's true. And then we both benched. And I was like, did you enjoy your benching? And he was like, yeah, sort of. I thought about it. And I was like, I thought about it when I said the first two words, and then I forgot. It's very hard to enjoy benching, but it's really not. If you think about all the beauty and the good things that Hashem gives you, you would enjoy benching too. And that's really what it is. And and I have so many memories of Rav Usher. I remember on Hanukkah, we used to give him a gift. So one year, we gave him um, that 11-volume Purish on, on Rashi, like all the you know super commentaries. And he was laughing and he said, "My don't tell my wife because she doesn't let me bring any more swarm in the house until I finish the ones I have. You know, and then he said he was joking, but the point is, like, you know, he had a love for Sfarim. He always wanted more Torah, more learning. I, if maybe if you might have been in Torah Simcha when we got him that menorah, I, I never saw a Ravasher cry like that. He was so touched that people appreciated him and he was making an impact. Uh, that, that's what he cared about. He, he wanted he wanted to know that he was getting through to us. So Ravasher enjoyed his meal. He believed in in being an Olam Hazanek. Hashem put us here. Hashem created us for pleasure that we should enjoy life. But he also enjoyed his benching. He enjoyed his Azyashir. He enjoyed his Vart. He, he enjoyed his Nigunim. He enjoyed connecting with Hashem. How many how many people could could I can't go through a Yom and Oram, and I'm sorry to embarrass the Rebetzin and all the Rebetzins, but I can't go through a Yom and Oram without hearing Rav Usher's voice, Rav Usher as a Baltukea, Rav Usher giving a speech about you know, Yom Kippur about saying Hashem's name and connecting to Hashem and Rosh Hashanah, all the things and hearing the Rebetzins and all the uh, crying for us. And, and if you knew the Torah simply guys, they had what to cry for. Imamish, you heard it and, and for good reason. You, you felt Rav Usher's love and he inspired us to be to be Imamish great. Rav Usher, when we were learning Baba Kama, there's a concept there of Mali Katla Kula, Mali Katla Palga. He talked about don't live a life of partial suicide. Don't live a life where you just kill a little bit of time. He always say, you know, Kill time. I'm just going to kill time. Our time is valuable. You're allowed to relax. You're allowed to enjoy. But you have to you have to make sure that you're that you're connecting as well. Um, there's a a few more. Okay, um, I want to say a few more thoughts, and then I'm, I'm winding down. There's a Abister of Nassim in Perak Yadala that says a lushan that I mamish. I learned this with a friend of mine, another Talmud of Rosher. We're all friends. We're all Talmudim of Rosher. So the, the, the lushan of the Abister of Nassim made me think of Rosher. It says Ashrei Talmud. Praiseworthy, fortunate is a Talmud, Shirabo Modelo, that his Rebbe praises him, Umeid Alav, and testifies about him. Rav Usher believed in every one of us. I, I literally, to me, I would say that Rav Usher changed my life. Kama Yosef Ikebashuk, if not for, you know, Hai Rav, the, the Kagaram, how many Yosefs would be in the Shuk? Rav Usher literally changed our lives. He, he, he made us into Talmud Chachamim, he made us into people of Yerushamayim, he taught us about Simcha Sachayim, and he taught us about the purpose of life. And, and, and that's, that's a legacy that, that, that he gave. And he taught us the Simcha in life. And there's an amazing book um, that came out by Art Score of Nutter Greenblatt, that's all. And if you read it, you'll see that Art Score finally got a little bit out of the box. So Rav Nutter says one of the most gewaldic thoughts ever that I saw from him. And he says he was giving a hespit in Neri Sorrell for, I think, Rav Kalevsky. And he quoted, what's the purpose of remembering someone that passed away? And he said such a gewaldic thing. And I want to, I, I think I think I said everything I wanted to say. And if not, well, <laughs> well I'm going to wrap up. He said that... Um, 
the in the kina called Arze Levanan, it says a Paladic thing. And it defines what the purpose of a Haskara is and why we're supposed to remember people that we love and, and they're not here. He says that Rishim Gamliel, when he was murdered by the Romans, it says Revyokaniko and Gadol watched. And all he asked for was just give me a minute. I want to give a hesped for him. And then they murdered him after. And what did he do? It's a famous, famous lush, and it's a little bit graphic. I'm sorry, but but just listen. It says Revnata. It says two things. Some Enaval Enav, he put his eyes on his deceased friend, Rishim Gamliel's eyes, Upivalpiv, and his mouth on his mouth. But Ava Gemura, with tremendous love, says Rav Nata, when we remember our deceased, our loved ones that have passed onto the Olma Emes, that are in the Olma Shekulo Simcha and Shekulo Tov, what do we have to do? We have to put our eyes on their eyes. We have to look at what did they look at in life. Rav Asher used to always talk about Nistimu Eneim Shal Yisrael. Who are the eyes of Yisrael? The Tamil Chachamim, our Rabbeim, Rav Asher, right? That's, that's the Eneim. You have to look at their eyes. What do they look at? And those are the value systems that they, that they instill in us. And that's that's the purpose of when we remember someone that that taught us so much. We have to look at what his eyes looked at, and Ravasher's eyes saw tremendous things. That's why we call him. You know, it, 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 we we remember him as the Ish Kadosh because he had an appreciation of what kedusha is. He didn't talk about it, but he 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 lived it and he showed it to us. And piv al piv, what does that mean? That means what did his mouth talk about? Ish lefi mahalo. A man is according to what he praises. What was this, this sadik's mouth? That's the purpose. Whenever we remember someone, look at his eyes. What did he look at in life? What was his focus? And what was his mouth talking about? If you had to summarize your Rasher, think about what he looked at in life, and that's going to inspire you for the rest of the year. But as our Shem, until we're reunited with him, BS Gold, setting the Airbnb manual, hold on. And if you look at his, uh, his, his, his mouth, what he spoke about, we have every week we have as a chus that we have Shiorim posted by Mayor Lipa. Um, who, who generously takes his time to, to sort through it and put a share. We have hundreds, probably thousands of hours of, of tapes that, 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 that the Talmudim have put out. If you want a copy, just ask any under Talmud. You'll know exactly what Rav Usher's piv was. And he should be a Melis Yosher, Yosher for all of us. And I, I, I think about Rav Usher every single day and how he would you know, guide our lives and, and tell us how to be the greatest Ovde Hashem. And we should be Zohar to, to be reunited with him. And a, we should see a Geula Shlem of Meherbi Amenu. And thank you so much, everybody, for coming and for honoring our Rebbe's honor, uh, uh, memory. And may we be Zoha to carry his legacy in, in everything we do uh, for our families, for our partners, for our spouses, for our, for our children, so importantly, for our Talmidim, for our co-workers, for everybody that we interact with. And we should be Zoha to be reunited with him and all the great Sadiqim and all of Kali Yisrael. Thank you so much for joining us. Amen. Thank you, Shai, and everybody for arranging thank and all the amazing speakers. Thank you. Be well, everyone.